Hey guys, welcome back to episode number three of the USMLE Coaches Corner. Today we are talking about resource overload. Students are using way too many resources. And when you have too many resources, too many options, you end up getting less done, becomes overwhelming, frustrating. And so today what we want to talk about is some of the resources that students are using to prep for their step one exams. Um, and then what we're going to do is really try and reel it in and just tell you why you should be sticking to two to three main resources that have been around and that are proven to work. And we'll also yep. give you a couple study strategies that you can use to master these tools, to master the use of these tools. But Doc, let's get this started. Um, how many resources that students have who come to us, um, how many resources, name as many as you can off the top of your head, uh, the students have been telling you they've been using over the last year or so? You want to go back and forth with this? You want to just sure, hit sure. Us? Let's see how many we can name. All right, boards and beyond. Go. U World. Sketchy. Online Med Ed. Uh, Dirty Medicine. First Aid. Anki. Uh, Step Up. Pathoma. Ooh. <laughs> USMLE RX. Ooh. Uh, what else is there? Um, okay. What else would we have? It's a lot. That's pretty much. A, it's almost yeah, 10. a lot, man. A lot. Yeah. And so, yeah, Amboss. Right? Amboss. Amboss. Yeah. So, yeah. so some students are literally using all of these resources, right? Yep. Yep. Um, how many resources on average would you say most students use? On average, uh, they have one Q bank. They have a, a high yield resource like first aid, and then they have multiple other resources to pretty much cover, let's say, microbiology versus pathology. And some use drawing, some use podcasts, some use a little bit of both. It's just you got to figure out what to use, when to use it, how to use it, or else you get overwhelmed, you get saturated, and you get back to square one, not knowing what is best to use for what resource, for what topic. Yeah. Forgot to say BRS books. BRS. Um, which B BRS books are really, really good. Um, and I wouldn't really call those like the high yield review sources. I would call them more of a detailed, denser resource. But yeah, yeah. regardless, the point is this, guys. You need to limit your resource use to a solid Q bank. Yes. A good review book. Like first aid is is, is a good review book. Obviously, it shouldn't yeah. be the main crux of your prep. And then are built around and then NBMEs, of course, but then built around these tools is your day-to-day. -day. What do you do every hour? What do you do in the mornings? What do you do in the evenings? And so I think we should focus on, let's assume we are going to just eliminate, let's say we're dealing with a brand new student right now. Yes. We're going to tell them, get a good question bank. Make sure you have your notes. Obviously, you need notes or, you know, if you hopefully you're just out of med school, you got your notes um, and then you have. So uh, first aid, UWorld, and then you're going to use NBMEs down the road. How do you approach your prep using just these couple of resources? And I know most students are going to say that's not enough. I need to supplement. We'll get there. So ideally. In the, in the perfect world, when you're in medical school, you should have your notes from the classes, right? Sure. But a lot of medical schools, they teach you medicine. They don't teach you assembly prep. Yep. So if you have microbiology or biochemistry, maybe you use Lippincott, fine. You know, you have first aid on the side, but maybe you didn't take amazing notes or you did, but the class wasn't structured to teach you assembly prep. So what do you do? You look at your notes, you look at first aid, fine. Here's the problem. Your notes, I mean, I, I love all the students we work with, but I'm not sure if they're good tests, if they're good, if they're able to take notes, right? I have no idea if the professor did well or you thought you knew the info, so you didn't write it down. 
That being said, you have first aid your notes. What if there's still no connection? That's why we tell students you have to use either textbooks or certain video series out there to help you build the foundation to really put everything together to make sure that your notes plus first aid have that connection to begin with or else all you're doing is reading high yield information, right? That's why students have to understand that first aid is a really good resource, but it's not everything. And what, I, what really gets me sometimes is students write their notes in first aid and I asked them, how is that possible? How is it possible to take information from your class and write it into first aid? There's no space. So that's why I think students are really either scared to have their notes, notes and first aid. They just want to have everything in one book. But when you have everything in one book, it's so minute, it's so detailed. How can you read the information? It's not easy. You know, it's really challenging. Mm-hmm. So what's the, what would be your uh, recommendation then Specifically, like what what resources would you recommend someone use to build that foundation? Okay, assuming so I, they I don't would, have their 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 class notes and things like that. Yeah, so I would suggest there's two types of video series out there. There's Boards and Beyond, there's Online Med Ed. Those two video series do a really good job to kind of build that foundation. And then you have your notes and first aid or notes from the videos to actually then use as high yield. And then eventually, when you're ready to attack to do questions, then you use either UWorld and or Amboss to really go out there and and test your skills of knowing the information. And that's what we tell our students. You can read as much as you want, but then eventually you have to do questions. And if you get the questions wrong because of content, then it's on you to read more. But it's also also feeling comfortable to have that that feeling of feeling doubtful or confident to answer the question right. That's why it, it takes time. And we work with our students individually to make sure that you understand the material and if you don't understand, don't keep adding more content on your plate. Go back and refresh things. That's why these video series are ideal. If not, go back to your textbooks. But then where do you stop? That's the problem, right? There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of information out there. But with that said, if you stick to the basics, such as if you can refer back to your class notes, I know, like you said, it's very it's very dense. But at the same time, if you if you use first aid, as sort of a a jumping off point of these are the highest yield pieces of information and then you go back to your notes you can typically figure out hey you know like this is probably something i should pay more attention to like we all know brachial plexus is super high yield yep with that said we all know you know the muscles of the foot are probably less high yield right um, right. So using the resources that you have, like the first aid, is a great way to make sure you know 90% of what is going to be tested. Now, I don't mean 90% mass, memorize that book, you'll know 90%. 90% meaning the book tells you 90% approximately of the things you need to know more about. So for example, if you open your first aid and you point to a page, you should be able to elaborate much, much deeper than what's just listed there. So for example, if we're looking at uh, you know, Friedrich Ataxia, for example, you should be able to talk a little bit further than maybe the little bit of information they've listed. You have to always realize that they're giving you the super high, high yield, like the superficial stuff, but they're telling you what you need to know in more detail. And if you take that approach, it's a really good way to make sure that you are exposing yourself to the vast majority of what's going to be tested. But it, it it's on you then to make sure that you can look at something and elaborate on it significantly. So for example, if I give you a topic and I say just riff for two minutes, you know, you shouldn't just know the one line that's in, you, in first aid. You should be able to tell me as much as possible because if it's in first aid, it's probably showing up in your world and you should know 
as much as possible about that topic, which is why referring back to like a textbook is not a bad thing, even though students yeah, hate that idea. You know, and that's what we, I love when we get students who reach out to us and we work with that are still in medical school because they have the opportunity now to take really good notes. Yeah. The majority of students that reach out to us, unfortunately, are, let's say they finish their basic sciences or they finish school and they want to take their board exams. That being said, they don't have notes. They, don't, they, they either don't have their notes from school or it wasn't as detailed as they should have had. And that's why they go, I go to first aid. I go to UWorld Explanations. I'm like, guys, ladies and gentlemen, it's not enough. It's just like what you said. It's just like CAG repeats or very, very high yield um, info, but the connections have to be made. And it takes time, yes, but time is what you need. So if you can't go to your textbooks or you look at your notes, then you have to have to, you have to go to certain video series that will help you. Or else, guys, you, you when you read the information, you're just memorizing high yield. And when you go take your MBME or you do your world questions, you won't get the questions right because they'll take all the information You'll say, wait, Dr. Star was Dr. Paul. I knew all of it, but that little, little bit of information detail I missed, that's because you didn't cover it all. Yeah. You just covered the high yield. It's not enough. It's not enough. So I have a handful of students who are going through the beta <laughs> test version of our, our um, step one crash course that's coming out at the end of August. If you're watching yeah. this after August, it's already out. I have yeah. students going through and they say, you know, I got feedback. Dr. Paul, you mentioned a lot of biochemistry stuff in, in PATH, and you also mentioned it in micro. You know, you say the same thing. You repeat a lot of the same things. And I said, well, does that bother you guys? And they're like, well, you already taught us. But do you remember something I said once or do you remember something that I said five, six, seven, eight times in there different topics? And they said, oh, okay, that makes sense. So something that students don't realize is that you should see a lot of the same things in different topics because it really is all interconnected. You can link physio to genetics and genetics to biochem and biochem to path and path back to farm. It, it, it's all like a big super highway. And that's why, you know, when we put our courses together and our drill sessions and all that, we, <clears throat> we, we talk about the same ideas in different contexts. Why? Because that way you see it from different angles. And that's a, a lot of students who are, let's say, memorizing the first aid, if they're just seeing something from one angle and then they get a question that's, let's say, genetics based and it's asked in a physiological way, they yep. look at it and they're like, I don't even, how, what? They don't, they don't understand what's going on. And it's because everything in medicine can be looked at from the perspective of a different specialty, of a different topic. And so yes. once you start to realize that and you start to say, oh, if I'm doing my biochem right now, I still need to be thinking physiologically and pathologically and pathophysiolog pathophysiologically. It's all connected. And so I think like you keep talking about making these connections, bridging these, yeah. these topics. Yeah. If you have that mentality when you're doing everything, then you'll start to make these connections without someone having to point it out to you. You'll just sure. start to say, oh, wow, look, all these things are connected. And that's how you really should be thinking as a future physician is not just memorizing facts, but connecting everything. And once you've done that, I don't care if you are getting questions on physio, path, farm, whatever it may be, um, you're going to be able to figure a lot more out because you've made those connections because right it's like uh, all these little dots are connected and then you, this the questions on this little area here and i don't really know that but i do know that that's related to this and i know that's related to this and this is related to this so therefore that information and that i can tie it together all of a sudden you're a 260 plus scorer on your exams because it doesn't matter what they ask you you can always figure it out 
Of course. And that's why when you go to class, uh, there's a curriculum, right? There's a beginning, middle, and an end. That's why they don't say, hey, ladies and gentlemen, just pick a, pick a page, you know, in this textbook and let's go at it. Because that's what, pe- that's what happens when you do random questions and you review random information, high-yield info, because there's no connections. It's high-yield info back to forth, back to forth. And that's why you have to have a systematic approach, connect day by day, topic by topic to understand everything. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. Yep. Awesome. Um, so I, I actually shot a video uh, a few months back. It's It basically talks about what we just talked about, but tells you how to use uh, your prep and then how to integrate NBMEs into sort of yeah. this pattern where you master stuff, use an NBME, identify weaknesses. We're not going to go into that right now because our time is almost up, but I'm going to put a link in the video here, one of these areas, depending on where <laughs> I put it. Um, and I want you guys to check that out at the nice. end of this video because that will help to put you in the right frame of mind and mindset to tackle your prep using bare minimum resources, but getting the most out of those resources. And there's also another video I shot about a morning and evening review routine. This has to basically do with implementing drill sessions into every single day. Um, and I will, I'll put a video, a link up in the uh, video here as well for that. And I'll put these two videos at the end so you can check them out. But those will supplement this video or this episode um, beautifully. So guys, please make sure you check those out or at least save them uh, on your playlist for later and check them out at a later time. I think it'll That's help it. you. Uh, any last uh, any last words of wisdom, Doc? No, I mean, what you mentioned about the drills, the students that we have in our coaching session, Step 1, Step 2, CK, they're just using them. They're loving them because mm-hmm. not only are they reading the information, understanding the info, but then when I tell them each and every day, because I have them give me feedback, like I was telling you about, they send us feedback daily. Feedback, daily. Yep. Yeah, daily feedback. You have to keep reviewing. Don't be scared. You have to see it five, six, seven, ten times. And don't think watching the video once or reading the chapter once, you're going to get it. If you don't get it, no problem. Review. The more you review, the more you drill, the better chance of scoring high on exam day. Simple as that. And you know what's really uh, nice about the drill sessions is students. Let's say you're. Let's say you took uh, two solid weeks to really learn renal fizz, which you know a lot of people struggle. That big picture of the tubules, the con- distal convoluted, all that stuff. It takes time to master these physiologic concepts. But if you just drill one-line questions, for example, what's the percentage of sodium and water reabsorbed in the proximal convoluted tubule? Instead of having to spend all this time mastering this stuff, once you've done it once, if then you just drill yourself for 10 minutes a day, all you need is those little bullet point reminders and you can see the picture in your head, right? So a lot of things students fail to realize is drill sessions aren't just for drilling facts into your head, they're just a great way to remind you of bigger picture things. Like if I say something to you, um, you know, like if I, I know you're from, you're from New York, right? So if I say New York City to you, you don't just take in three words, you visualize Manhattan and Brooklyn and all that. It's, It's sort of like with drills. One simple drill question can remind you of that big picture that you studied for 20 hours and mastered. That's why drills are so important. So make sure you check out that video as well. Uh, morning and evening routines, impl- implementing drills is an absolute game changer. And honestly, um, last thing I'll say here uh, is since we had our coaching students and, and our roadmap students implementing drill sessions, um, knock on wood, we haven't had any students who haven't passed their exams. So it's been extremely, extremely beneficial. Anyway, uh, anything else? No, man, we're just happy to see results, and that's what it Absolutely. is. We know it works, and Talk they implement the it, and they score high. That's right. it. Thanks for your time, Doc. Thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye.